When the middle watch was on And the time went slow, boy Who could choose a rousing stave Who like Jack or Joe, boy Long we've tossed on the road This is the daily podcast from St Paul's Knightsbridge An invitation to pause for not more than ten minutes each day To think, to reflect and to pray As sea shanty mania sweeps the nation, our thoughts this week turn to the sea and to the missionary journeys of arguably Christianity's most impactful apostle and our patron, St. Paul. Our guide throughout this week is Roland Brunner. Don't forget your old shipmate. Paul's last trip was a one-way ticket to Rome. He would never come back to neither Jerusalem nor Antioch. On the way, Paul and those with him experienced shipwreck on the island of Malta. After staying there over winter, they finally arrived in Rome. Paul was permitted to stay in his own hired house, though under soldier guard. Shortly after his arrival, Paul arranged a meeting with the principal men of the Jews, but only some became believers. The apostle continued to preach for two years, from about 59 to 61 AD. During this time, he probably also wrote his letters to the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, to Philemon, and evidently also to the Hebrews. It appears that Caesar Nero pronounced Paul innocent and released him. Evidently, but also speculatively, Paul renewed his missionary activity in association with Timothy and Titus. After having left Timothy at Ephesus and Titus on Crete, Paul, probably from Macedonia, wrote letters to them relative to their duties. Whether the Apostle extended his activity to Spain before his final imprisonment in Rome is not known. During his imprisonment in 65 AD, Paul wrote his second letter to Timothy, wherein he implied that his death was imminent. It is likely that Paul suffered martyrdom at the hands of Nero shortly thereafter. So what do we make of all of this? In view of his faithfulness in copying Christ's example, the Apostle Paul said in his first letter to the Corinthians, I appeal to you, be imitators of me. Though educated, Paul did neither try to impress others with his speech, nor did he seek to please men. He did not insist on doing what he had the right to do, but adapted himself to the people to whom he preached exercising care so as not to stumble others. Because of having been a former persecutor of Christians, Paul did not consider himself fit to be called an apostle and acknowledged that he was such only by God's undeserved kindness. Concerned that this undeserved kindness might not have been extended to him in vain, Paul laboured in excess of the other apostles, Yet he realized that only by God's undeserved kindness was he able to carry on his ministry. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, said Paul. 
He endured much, but did not complain. When comparing his experiences with those of others, he wrote to the Corinthians around 55 AD. In far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless floggings and often near death. By Jews, I five times received forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I experienced shipwreck. A night and a day I was drift at sea. In journeys often, in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger at sea, in danger among false brothers and sisters, in hardship and toil, in sleepless nights often, in hunger and thirst, in abstinence from food many times, in cold and nakedness. And besides other things, I am under daily pressure because of my anxiety for all the churches. Besides all of this and more in subsequent years, Paul had to contend with a thorn in the flesh, possibly an affliction of his eyes or of another sort. Not long before his death, Paul wrote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness. Paul was very much concerned about the spiritual welfare of fellow Christians and wanted to do what he could to assist them to make their heavenly calling sure. Constantly, he remembered them in his prayers and requested that they would also pray for him. He was firm for what was right, not hesitating to correct even a fellow apostle when that was necessary for the advancement of the good news. It is important to mention, when I did my research, I came across various travel routes, various timelines, various stories and various opinions where his letters were written and whether he wrote them himself. And nearly every author of every article I read had a different point of view. My dilemma was, what should I write down and tell you? Let me approach my dilemma from a different angle. Recently, a friend of mine asked me about one of my holidays to the US. A few years ago, I went to see all the national parks in America's southwest. Even though I, admittedly, am Instagram addicted and have a travel blog where I write down precisely where I have been, I could not remember the exact trip. The only things that came to mind were fragmented pictures and impressions from the parks. Now let's go 2000 years back at a time when hardly anyone had an Instagram account and only a few wrote a travel blog and published them on Facebook. You know where I'm coming from. Quintessentially, it is not important how accurate one is in those terms. It is the contents that make a good story. 
As conclusion, I can only exclaim, what a patron saint we have. I have learned so much about St. Paul when preparing for this week's podcast. I hope so did you. And whenever entering our church, think about what a fascinating apostle and theologian he was. An example worthy of imitation. And that's it from Roland Bruno for this week. Next week, Phil Davis explores ideas of Christian unity. This has been one of many podcasts available from St Paul's Knightsbridge, which you can find on Spotify and SoundCloud. Don't forget your old shipmate. Rolly, 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 ride on.